Hi, this is Pastor Tim Crick, and you are listening to the weekly sermon podcast of Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire, a part of the ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can find us online at www.htelc.com. We worship on Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 11 a.m., where you are never too late and there is always room for one more. We hope you can join us sometime, and we hope you find the sermon you're about to listen to helps you to understand and experience the depths of God's love for you and the entire world. Thanks for listening. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 15th chapter, verses 1 through 10. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what one woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Anyone remember the scripture from last week? It wasn't our favorite, people's, most people's favorite scripture. But it was, uh, if you do not hate your mother, father, brother, sister, even life itself, you cannot be my disciple. Talked about picking up your cross to follow Jesus. And, uh, you know, when that comes up, I think, ugh, just hard to know what to do with it. And so afterwards, I'm hoping, let this week be a lot easier. Right? Let this week be a lot easier. And so then we get these parables. The parable lost coin and the parable lost sheep. And my initial reaction is, yes. Right? Nice, good, feel-good kind of scripture. Uh, hopefully lead to a feel-good sermon. And then I get to writing it. And then I think, by the time I'm done... This can, or maybe should be, or is, just as offensive as the scripture from last week. And we'll see if we can get there and tell you what I mean by it, right? So it starts off with Jesus eating with who? Sinners, right? And part of my first question is, Really, what does it mean by sinners? Are they really people who have gone, you know, I don't want to say gone astray, that maybe are breaking the law, right? Or are they people that have just been labeled as sinners? People that, oh, we really don't like them, so we'll call them this, right? That doesn't happen in our world today, does it? And then I wonder, does it even matter? Jesus is with people who have been ostracized from the rest of the community. And because he is with those people who have been ostracized from the community, 
the good religious people of the day, which are the Pharisees and the scribes, I think sometimes they do get a bad rap, like uh, they're more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I think they get a bad rap. They're good religious people of the day, right? They're trying to do the right thing, which is, I think we all fall under that category. We all fall under that category. But because Jesus with those who have been ostracized, what is their reaction? They grumble. They're upset. Why is he with them? Why is he not sitting with us? Aren't we the ones who have been doing things right? Don't we deserve to be the ones that Jesus is eating with? Because eating is a very important thing. It determines or it displays who you find to be your equal. And so your goal is always to really eat up. <laughs> How can I sit at the more important table? Not at, I don't want to eat with those people. I want to eat with those people. But Jesus is eating with those who they think they shouldn't. And Pharisees and scribes grumble about it. They're upset. So Jesus tells them two parables, right? Parable of the lost sheep parable of the lost coin, and then he ends it with something about repentance and how there's more celebrating to do when one who repents, right, than those who need no repentance. This is where I started to realize maybe this is really pretty offensive to us because I started thinking about repentance. Why does Jesus end these with repentance? Because when I think about repentance, I generally have a role to play in it, Right? With repentance, I have to recognize, you know what? I'm lost. I'm not where I should be. I have to name it. And repentance means return. So I need, I need to return to the life God desires for me. Right? Repent of my greed. Repent of my lust. Repent of my whatever it might be. Fear, anger, and return to love, generosity, graciousness, all those good things, right? But I have a role to play in it. I need to name it. I need to do it. But if I have a role to play in it, why does Jesus tell these two parables? Because think about it. Does the sheep do anything? Does the sheep even know it's lost? Think about the next one. Can a coin know it's lost? How does a coin get lost? Does the coin wander off by itself? Does the coin make these conscious decisions that lead it to a certain place? Can a coin, you know what, I'm kind of dusty in the bottom of my couch. (laughs) I better do something so somebody knows where I am. Can a coin do that? No. (laughs) No. The coin just has to hope that the owner of the coin comes around, finds it, and brings it back, right? Same thing with the sheep. The sheep does nothing. In both these parables, whatever is lost does absolutely nothing. Is absolutely passive in it. The shepherd and the woman do it all. They go out and seek. They go out and find. They go out and return it to its rightful place. They put on the celebration. 
the coin the sheep simply are. Which really goes counter to so much of what we say the way the world works. What did you do? How did you earn? What did, right? And we transmit that into our relationship with God. What do I have to do? When I think, I wonder if we fully are powerless in our relationship to God. God does. We receive. God saves. The question becomes then, what do we do in return? What is the life like afterwards? We have nothing to do with our salvation. God has done it all. All we do is respond. All we do is respond. God saves, we serve. I'm big on trying to boil down theology as much as possible into little bits that I can remember. That always helps me. That's why I like uh, for the ELCA, God's work, our hands. Right? God's work, our hands. God saves, we serve. God's done it all. We just get to participate in it. I wonder if that's even true for repentance. God has done it. And that is so countercultural, right? In everything that we do. As I'm reading, I'm like, do I even want to talk about this? And I can see people's faces. They're like, really? In repentance, we have nothing to do? What if we have nothing to do? We simply respond. How would that change? What would that change? What if that was the whole fakest focus, locus for our life as a church? God has done it. We are not trying to save anybody. All we are trying to do is live into that salvation. Which is really hard because we want people to earn their way, don't we? We want people to play their part, to do their thing. There's a uh, Jewish story that it came across um, as I was getting ready for this sermon, that it really kind of struck a chord with me. And it tells the story of a hardworking Jewish farmer who God saw and God said, you know what? I will give you whatever you want, but whatever you receive, your neighbor will receive twice the amount. I thought pretty good. You know what I'd like? A hundred cattle. Man receives a hundred cattle. Looks over what his neighbor received. 200 cattle. Eh, not bad. You know what I want? 100 acres. God gives him 100 acres. What does his neighbor receive? The guy feels good about what he has. He looks at his neighbor and feels what? His neighbor didn't earn it. He doesn't deserve it. Why does he get that? Ah, the guy has an idea goes to God. I wish for one blind eye. Right? Do we work that way too much? Where we want to receive, but we don't want others to receive? So we set up a system, systems, including the way we relate to God, to function more how we want it to function. 
rather than how God desires it to function. You see how this can be more offensive or just as offensive of our passage from last week now all of a sudden? <laughs> so I want a system where somebody has to do their part, pay their way. I do it. So should you. And then I think about my relationship with God. Did I do it? Should someone have to? How does that function out into the rest of the world? How does that function to the world that we've created? And how is the world that we've created similar or dissimilar to the world that God desires for us? And how do we make those two into one? If I fundamentally believe that I have done it, what am I going to think about the person next to me? They need to what? Do it as well. What if I fundamentally believe about myself it has been done for me? How do I believe, what do I believe about my neighbor? Maybe I can do it for them. Do you see the difference? God has done it. God saves. We serve. You can let go of the scratching, the clawing, the trying, the proving, the, the endless of am I enough. You are. I am. We are. May we live like it. Amen. That's the sermon for this week. We hope from it you learned a bit more about God's love for you and the world. Please subscribe and rate our podcast to help us be found by and reach more people. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, you are loved.